Gather round. This is the Ticket Water Cooler. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Coming at you live in the heart of Lincoln, America. I say, hold up. Wait a minute. Something ain't right. On air and online at theticketfm.com. Here are your hosts, Jake Bakovin and Enrique Alvarez Cleary. Happy Thursday to everybody out there. This is the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket. I am Jake Bauckham, and he is Enrique Alvarez-Cleary. And together, we are the dynamic duo that makes up the Ticket Water Cooler. Happy to be with you every noon to one, uh, Tuesday through Thursday. And then sometimes on Friday as well. He does that, and I do this. No, I can't do it right at once. Can you ever do that? Yeah, there you go. You got a good one. I was going to try to... uh, When I went to the Philippines, the kids were very impressed with that one. I can do it without the the, the flicking of the cheek. Can you? Yeah, yeah. When did? At what age did you learn this one? I don't know. You don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, it's I a weird, just... weird skill people pick up sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you just figure things out, and then you're just like, ah, <laughs> oh, cool. And then it's just like a party trick that you do from time to yeah. time. Yeah. You have any other tricks? Uh, no, no, I do not. I don't either. Unfortunately, I was uh, the other thing that the, the kids liked that I was doing was like uh, the dance where you you switch your. Your, uh, your knees, you got your hands on your knees, you switch them over. They were really impressed with that one, mm-hmm. but uh, I couldn't think of any other tricks. I could kind of throw something behind my back and catch it pretty well, uh, so I was doing that. But uh, that's what I do for children, tricks. Tricks are for kids, after all. Tricks are for kids. I think I just... Okay, so... <laughs> so... <laughs> yes? So I just saw something on Twitter. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, first off... Have you seen that uh, Iowa is is bringing something new and innovative to football? I did see that. Der Wienerschlinger? Yeah. Yeah, and they're like, we're doing something new, uh, that you know, brand new, unprecedented, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, Nebraska's been doing that, whatever. Yeah. Um, well, here's another thing. Iowa women's basketball. For the first time in program history, the University of Iowa women's basketball team will host an outdoor scrimmage at Kinnick Stadium. There you go. They will face DePaul in crossover at Kinnick on Sunday, October 15th at 3 p.m. The contest will broadcast on Big Ten Plus and the Hawkeye Radio Network. Proceeds of the event will benefit the University of Iowa Stead Family Children's Hospital. Now, I will have to stand up for Iowa as much as I hate doing it. They they did already have a wrestling event at Kinnick. So they this, did. They, this is not uh, necessarily as much of a copycat as Der Wienerschlinger, or how do you say it? Der Wienerschlinger. Der Wienerschlinger. Uh, two types of tickets will be sold. I'm just going re- to read this I'm for everybody that wants to go. Yeah, yeah. So Iowa's going to host an outdoor women's basketball event uh, yeah. against DePaul. It's an exhibition. It doesn't seem like it's going to be. Uh, it's a scrimmage. It's not, yeah. it's not a regular season thing. It's a scrimmage. Uh, two types of tickets will be sold. $20 rain or shine. Reserve seat tickets at Kinnick with an option for Carver Hawkeye Arena should inclement weather force the game indoors. It is October, so <laughs> it might. Could happen. Uh, $10 adult, $5 student and youth, Kinnick only, reserve seat tickets. So you can pay $20 and have a seat at Kinnick or in Carver Hawkeye in case you have to move inside, or you could pay $10 and you have a seat at Kinnick, but if it gets moved inside, you don't have a seat. Mm. It'd I think be, I'd just spend the extra ten bucks. I would be interested too because I think that this would like um, this might like boost Nebraska's own sales if they needed it, like just to compete with Iowa. But obviously, it's already sold out. Yeah, for Nebraska volleyball day. Yeah, I don't think we have to worry about that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm still a little bit interested if if one of these events 
it's a bit windy that day. Volleyball and basketball can be pretty affected, impacted by wind. I mean, you can play both outside anyways. <laughs> you so, can, right. But you're in a football. I think, I think that uh, Kinnick is more open than Memorial bit, is, yeah. Yeah, so the wind won't swirl as bad. But yeah. in Memorial, you've heard it from a lot of specialists, a lot of kickers, say it's a very swirly environment when the wind starts picking up. Yeah. So the wind's just going all over. It's not just going straight across the field any which way. It's going all over the place. So uh, that would be a little trickier uh, if it does get a little windy inside a, a, in Lincoln on uh, August 30th. Either way, it'll be entertaining, and either way, they are exhibitions. So, right? I mean, so you don't have to worry well, about it too much. The basketball one is. The, the volleyball one is a regular season game. For Nebraska, at least. Yeah. For Carney and Wayne, it's an exhibition. So that doesn't that's count right. towards their record. Is, is an exhibition. But for Nebraska, for, for uh, the Huskers, and for Omaha, it is, it is a regular season game. That's right. Yeah. So huh. it'll be the fifth game on Nebraska's schedule. Hmm. That no power be. opponents within the first five games. Yeah. No offense to Omaha. <laughs> well, they're not. <laughs> uh, but it is, you know, yeah, that, that's definitely something to look forward to. I can't see, I can't wait to see that. And I can't wait to see the future of what these events are going to be because Trev Alberts and that athletic department have, uh, have kind of decided, you know, this is something we want to do year in and year out. And it is just really, again, a great idea. I mean, one of the best ones, I, I you know, when I – Kind of can sit here and complain about certain decisions uh, among the athletic department at some times, but I, I still just love the red carpet experience and love this type of idea that highlights the fact that the fans here are crazy banana, you know, bananas, yeah. and they and they will uh, they'll they'll sell out football stadiums for pretty much anything as as, as long as it's close to football season, <laughs> not pretty much anything. <laughs> whatever, whatever yeah. it is, they'll be there. If you get football vibes going, then they'll show up. <laughs> Uh, no, but uh, it, 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 I, I think it highlights the fans, fan base here, and I think that's great. Uh, I was thinking about something the other day, and I know there's uh, already an argument. By the way, we have Brian Munson uh, of, of Husker Online joining us. We'll get a Nebraska recruiting update here in about 10 or 15 minutes. But I was thinking with the, all the changes in college football, uh, and, and maybe most importantly in this context, is changing to a 12-team playoff. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of got myself back into the Twitter argument of should there be preseason polls and, and you know, how much does that affect uh, the, the college football playoff polls? And as I think about the college football moving into the new era of semi-pro, basically, mm-hmm. how long do you think top 25s are going to be there? Because it, it does not seem to me it kind of that's kind of a traditional college football thing you might mm-hmm. keep it uh, uh, but there for tradition uh, along the way but it seems to me as as you move the the goalpost now up to 12 mm-hmm. it's, it's less important and and, and and to me this kind of is a, is a conversation all overall about college football um, and you know how I feel. I know you're a little bit more excited about how where it's going. I'm a little bit disappointed um, in the traditions being lost here. I just think there's something special about college football and the top 25 is kind of part of that where in most, and especially professional sports, uh, the kind of interesting thing about college sports is outside of, you know, a, a year, a, a pop-up in, in a professional sport, the next year you're expected to do well. College sports, you don't have to win the championship to have a good year. Mm-hmm. Like to be very, you know, and especially in college football, half the teams can't win the championship. Yep. Just to kick off the it's year. Not I mean, gonna that, that's kind of that's kind of already built into college football, yeah. and so you know all, th- what what they're doing to switch to you know the twelve team playoff and all that. That's changing that and, may- and makes it better, I guess, for them. But to me, it just it kind of it kind of made me think about the top twenty five overall and its usefulness, and I just kind of love it. You know, some people don't; they don't think it's necessarily fair, and it's it's just this hard 
thing to do of kind of preseason expectations. And then you have this, you know, my favorite part of the top 25 is like week seven when there's like undefeated North Carolina State or Nebraska that one year. And you know they're not a top 10 team, mm-hmm. but they have to be above the one loss teams because that's how it happens. Well, it, usually it, they do. Well, generally they yeah. do. And they're not, you know, not always. You kind of have to earn that. But they're going to be ahead of most of the one loss teams, certainly ahead of the two loss teams. And in the NFL, you don't necessarily do that. You know, the Eagles lose week one. It doesn't really matter. We'll, you know, it, we'll still see them as one of the best teams in the NFL. Mm-hmm. We'll have to go on, on, a, on, a, on a big losing streak for that to change. And so I just, I, I just kind of wonder kind of what the future of rankings, top 25s, um, especially when, when you move to a 12-team playoff. Like, what are we really doing ranking 25? We just kind of need to know the 12. I think it's 25 is still going to be important. I think it'll still go. My, my thing is you have – multiple top 25 you have the media poll the coaches poll the ap poll and then the only one that actually matters which you get later on in the season is the college football playoff top 25 or whatever it is so um when it comes down to that i guess there's there's so many different top 25s that it kind of gets hard to determine which one is actually true usually you have your top five-ish teams that everybody kind of agrees upon but after that it's just a hodgepodge well, a, a mess up of of who is where usually it's, the AP and yeah, coaches, it's the ap to and be the, fair and then you know lately yeah. it's been the college football playoff yeah but it's there's just so many going on but at the same time i think it'll st- it'll it'll continue to go even with a 12 team playoff it's still nice to have you know to see who the top 25 teams are and 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 i think that um everybody enjoys that the teams enjoy it the the people who who vote on those uh enjoy doing that and even if you're going to have your 12 team playoff i think it's still important to know who the top 25 teams are because then you can have you'll look at it and you'll be like okay well this team is currently you know uh 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 UCF is undefeated and they're sitting at 20. Um, if they continue to win these games and then you look at the the top 12 and you're like, okay, this team has one loss or two losses. If they keep falling, is there any chance that this team will be able to jump from, you know, 19 up into the top 12? Like, I think that that's still going to be a major part of college football. I mean, especially with a, a 12 team playoff, because with a 14 playoff with the, uh, with the BCS and the, and the uh, computer rankings, a team hops into the top 25 and they're sitting at 24th. You're not looking that far down to look at like, oh, well, maybe by the end of the season, they'll be up in the top four. They'll be number two and they'll be able to play for a national championship. It's usually the top 10, top 15. Those are the only real teams that have a chance of, of making it to a national championship unless you get a, a TCU who comes out of nowhere or a UCF who hops all the way up into the top. What are they in the top eight and goes to a New Year's Six Bowl and quote unquote wins a national championship yeah. based on based on one person's voting. Well I just say I, I don't think it would happen right away again. I think because of the the interest in, in you know the uh, keeping up tradition of college football. I just wonder if that it's just kind of an ancillary number, I suppose, when you're going toward a sport that's going to be more focused on championships um, than just, you know, teams that can have a good season by finishing in the top 25. I guess I just don't I don't, I don't necessarily want that um uh, to go away in college football. I don't, I don't know think that ever will. will. I it'll it'll I stick it'll around. Fade. I think the top 25 ah. will fade. There's already the argument of what like how much usefulness there is to have a preseason top 25. Um Well, I always thought a preseason top 25 was ridiculous because you've always got you know, Texas is in the top 10 for whatever yeah. reason. And Texas A&M is in the top, you know, 19 for another reason. You throw somebody did like a, a breakdown of like, this is what a top 25 preseason looks like every year. You have your defending champion. Uh, the runner up is somewhere in the top three. You have uh, Ohio State. They're like, Texas is between 10 and 12 for whatever reason. A&M is down here. A group of five team is always at 23 because you never know with them. Yeah. So it was and, and you look and he 
this person like put that out. I think it was like a couple weeks before the preseason top twenty five, and then you look at it and you're like, he's pretty close. Like yeah. everything was pretty much exactly how he said well, it was going what to I, turn that's out. What I like, like that's what the pre yeah. that's what the preseason top twenty five is. Is is you got your defending champion at one, the runner up is somewhere in the top three, and then just the teams that you usually believe should or could be near the top towards the end of the season are going to be in the top 15. And then after that, it's just whoever whoever had a decent season last year and kept a decent amount of their team. Like, that's really all it is. Uh, Augie says preseason polls are worthless, but I love them. That's kind of that's kind of it's like the preseason watch list where like usually you have one guy that you're like, yeah, it's probably going to be this guy. But then you just throw other people on there and you're like, eh, they they play the position. But I don't think there's a right way to do it either, because people would say, well, you've got to do it based on how the games go. Mm -hmm. And to a degree, that's true. But remember when Iowa was number two for beating Iowa State and Indiana and we didn't really know that Iowa State and Indiana weren't very good that year. And so, like, if you, do, if you do that, that's also, you know, doesn't ultimately make that much sense because there's not enough context. There's not enough like going on Like you said, on Nebraska football. got up to 10th and then they played Wisconsin yeah. and Ohio State and they barely lose to Wisconsin. They get blown up by Ohio State. And you're like, yeah, this isn't a top 10 team. <laughs> but that's preseason. It's, it, that's, that's why you play a season. So you, the, 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 if the preseason poll is exactly like the postseason poll, then why would we do it? Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm I'm kind of interested too, and as as college football goes to again more of this semi-pro type of setup, um, it is interesting because pro leagues are built for parity. Mm-hmm. College football, it's hard to imagine that that would be the case. I mean, the Big Ten and the SEC, what the college football really needs is a commissioner and somebody to say, this is ridiculous. You guys shouldn't be playing all the way across the country. You guys <laughs> should be playing here. Let's break this up. And and actually, if you're going to go full pro league, have it be organized, have it make sense. But at the same time, it will still dif- differentiate from a pro league, as we kind of think of it. Is you're thinking, I don't like college football going semi-pro, and it, it and, and part of it is that it's not going to fix the problem that many see in college football, is that it won't fix parity. You you can expand the playoff to twelve. You can expand it to sixty-four, like NCAA college basketball does. There's still going to be three or four teams that can legitimately win the championship, and then those three or four teams, they're not going to be. It's not the other. T- it's not like pro where the bottom teams. Okay, well you mm-hmm. get a draft pick, or, or you know you can use more your salary cap no the same top teams are going to still recruit well and they're still going to be you know these preseason rankings and all that and have everything that needs to get more money like mm-hmm. they do in the sec and the big 10 so it, 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 it'll be it'll be like what i do kind of like about that is that college football and this is what i like more about anything you can argue about college football and its and its comparisons to basically the the rest of of sports which end with a long playoff and college football is heading toward that and I don't necessarily like that because I like the differences in college football and and, and to me it's always made the regular season feel a little bit more I know you have different thoughts on that but um, it I guess what I like about college football is it's different than all these other sports which kind of have the same regular season mm-hmm. building toward the big conf- the big uh, championship and I guess in at least in that way and the fact that parity will still no longer exist. The college football will still be a little yeah. bit different and as, as, as it gets closer to a professional Now, league. different doesn't always mean good, but I, I kind of agree with you, but at the same time, I like the, the, the parity in all of the other sports. I like the longer playoffs because at any given point, anybody can be beaten at some point at, at, during these playoffs, but when you look at that and you look at March Madness and everybody loves the parody with the 64, 68 teams that are in, in Somewhat. March we Madness. Somewhat, last year. I don't you know love, Well, that's, that's what I'm going to is yeah. everybody loves it and they're like <laughs> they love the big upsets, 
but they love the big upsets when the team that upset, you know, when the when the 15 seed that beat the two loses in the next round. They don't want that 15 seed to make it to the final four because when that happens, everybody's like, okay, well, I don't actually want this. I wanted, I want a one seed here. Yeah. I want a three seed. Like I want a, I want one of those bigger teams. So everybody loves parity until it gets down to those championship games, and then you're like, well, I didn't actually want to see. You know, San Diego State. San Diego <laughs> State play for a national championship. What is going on yeah. here? Like, it's it's unfortunate, and I I enjoy it. I like watching those smaller schools actually realistically have a chance to win a national championship. I think that that's awesome for not only the the schools but for the sport, just to show that like, look, anybody has a chance to win this. Whereas in in college football right now, like you said. It's like the same top three. It's the same three, the same five schools every single year. And yeah, you'll have a chance to beat them on any given Saturday. But at the same time, I don't think anybody's realistically going to choose TCU to beat Georgia ever. Yeah, not not after the way that that game looked last year. Uh, that that was quite a quite a. But either way, TCU making it to the championship game that was. And even then, they're a power, power five. It's not like they're a group of yeah. five school. Like nobody was going to pick Cincinnati. If Cincinnati would have made it to the national championship. They're not going to pick Cincinnati over uh, Alabama or Cincinnati yeah. over Georgia or anything like. Yeah, even though even though TCU is a power five that like hurt the group of five chances. Uh, I yeah, think they're like, see, we should let them in, and they're like, no, this is actually no. a. They're one of the ones you want. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yeah, well, they used to be a group of five, oh, so we're not going to change. Yeah, whatever. You're still Mountain West to me. All right, let's uh, let's take a quick break. By the way, when TCU was in the Mountain West, that was a, that was a great that Mountain was a great West. Oh. I like Boise State and Utah back there. All right, uh, let's take a quick break here on 93.7 The Ticket on the Ticket Water Cooler. We'll be back with Brian Munson for a Husker recruiting update here on 93.7 The Ticket. 